Welcome to another edition of The Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. We're getting close to the end of our SEC preview, and joining me today is LSU head coach Nikki Fargus. Nikki is entering her eighth season at LSU. She's a former Pac-12 coach of the year when she was at UCLA for a few years prior to her stint in Baton Rouge. And the Tigers have gone to the tournament every year under her, except one. They've been to two Sweet 16s. They came in fourth last year before getting upset in the first round by that magical Central Michigan Chippewas team that ended up going to the Sweet 16. We'll talk to her about that. We'll talk to her a little bit about her background. Uh, she just got a new extension, a three-year extension at LSU, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well and just talk about her program one that defensively is excellent offensively uh, i know they want to get a little bit better and she actually talked about that at her media day which you can look up online if you're, you're interested but we will talk about all that and more and we'll get her on the phone here this is the jump around And joining me now, as promised, here on the Jump Around, it is LSU head coach Nikki Fargus. Coach, I appreciate you taking time out of your your busy schedule to, to spend a little time with me. And uh, before we get into your team, which we certainly will do, uh, I, I kind of want to take a step back and and talk about when you take the LSU job, uh, coming from uh, UCLA. Obviously, you're from Tennessee. You played at Tennessee, so you know the South, but. Louisiana is like a different kind of place. Was there any type of culture shock when you make that move? <laughs> um, yeah, you can look at my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, biggest, no, you know, not really a culture shock, um, but more like an awakening okay. because everything about LSU, Louisiana, it, it's about celebration it's about um, taking in what is so special about this place. I've never been to, to so many festivals <laughs> in my life. Yeah. You know, we, we got the Crawfish Festival, which I love, down in Bow Bridge. And then when strawberries are in season, you got the Strawberry Festival. And then you got music and, and, and jazz and Essence Festival. And I just really love the different pockets of people that I've met um, in my in my you know seven eight years that I've been here, so that's probably been the biggest difference that I've seen is is how we celebrate a lot of a lot of things here. Mardi Gras, I mean, you know, kids getting out of school for Mardi Gras. I was I'm, I'm like, okay, where is this going? Like, I, I've never been exposed to that, yes. but I enjoy Mardi Gras and I can't wait for it to roll around um, again. The happiness, the joy that it brings yeah. to our community. Um, you, you, you can't you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah, getting out of class for Mardi Gras sounds like a a prank that the the kids play on a new coach. Like, yeah, no, coach, we just missed class. It's all good. Don't don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, but see, with my rules, you know, when when they said, "Oh, I got a report they weren't in class." What do you mean? Because I've got a. You miss a class, you miss a game. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Okay, that's real. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Uh, with you. It's funny because you're you're one of those coaches who's 
who's been in the business for a long time now and and you're still you're still young you're still so young I mean you just got you got in it so early and found so much so much success early uh your next win will be win number 200 for your career uh I wonder as you look back uh at your time at Tennessee as a player and an assistant as your time at Virginia as an assistant uh how has your path kind of shaped you into who you are as a coach today Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've got so many great stories to tell. Um, but my stint at Virginia with Debbie Ryan just set the tone. I mean, she gave me an opportunity at a young age um, to have a, a, a very um, premier, if you will, premier job because I was at one of the best programs in the country. Yeah. And that's not always the case for your first uh, coaching coaching job and so to be able to soak in what Debbie and her staff uh their contribution to the game but also I was just like a little sponge I mean I just wanted to you know do whatever is asked of me I wanted to make sure the girls were good I wanted to make sure that you know our team was good but more importantly um making sure that you know you take care of your head coach and um, mm-hmm. as an assistant, I took pride in trying to be the best assistant coach I could possibly be. And whatever that job or whatever that responsibility looked like, I was going to do it. Um, and, and, and I learned that by being at Tennessee, and I served a year as Pat Summit's grad assistant before I took the Virginia job. And so there was no job too big or too small that I wouldn't do. And even now as a head coach, I've carried that same mindset. There's not a job too big or too small that I wouldn't do. If there's um, a, a, a ball that's over there or luggage to be carried or any of that, like you, you know, I, I can't ask things from my staff and things from my team that I don't ask of myself. Yeah. And so that's one of the first lessons that I learned um, when I, when I got into this business. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you certainly, yeah, you've learned from some of the best. That is, that is to be sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, uh, the other day, I think it was yesterday, you made a comment, um, and I'm going to quote you here. You said, um, I'm happy to be here and plan on being here for a long time, end quote. Uh, obviously talking about LSU. Where did that come from? I didn't hear the question, so maybe it was just a question, but I- I'm just curious where that, uh, th- that quote kind of originated from and, and the-, the thoughts and feelings behind it. Well, it just it, it just originated from around you know my um, contract negotiation. Okay. And I, I I don't want there to be any um, body thinking that this was something that was because I was looking at for something more or something else. Okay. You know, sure. this is my sure. home. Um, I love LSU. I love what we've done here. I love the people here, my team, the staff, the community, the support that we have. And I just didn't want there to be this thought that uh, I, you know, was looking for something else. Um, There's a lot of, you know, talks um, around coaches and, and, you know, is she staying, is she going, they're going to keep her, what have you. And the consensus was Joe Oliva, the administration, King Alexander, the board, they wanted me here. And I just want to make sure that I conveyed publicly that I want to be here and that this is where I truly believe we can do bigger and and better things. And 
the future is very bright for LSU women's basketball. Yeah, um, you know, you've, you're entering year eight. You've been to the tournament every year except one, uh, two Sweet 16s. I actually had uh, Holly Warlick on uh, about two weeks ago, and we discussed this, so I'd be curious to get your, your thoughts on it. Just, I know it's kind of the nature of the beast, but having a job where you are in the public spotlight and people are openly commenting on the job you're doing or and how they agree or disagree. Uh, how difficult is that personally, just having that type of uh, spotlight put on you and your, your profession? You know, I've, I've been a part of college athletics in whether, you know, when I played it, I was a commentator and now I've coached it for almost 30 years and you can't be in this profession and be a competitor and be um, someone who has the resume that I have with, with, with um, nothing but thick skin. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that I like about what I can say that I've done from day one, when I stepped foot into women's basketball as a player, as a commentator, as a coach, is that I've always put the program first before any of my own personal whatever. As a player, it was about the team. What can I do for the team? How do I make this team better as a coach? What I need to do to make sure that my girls are, are prepared? What I need to do to make sure my girls are ready for the real world? What I need to do to make sure that they graduate and all of my kids that have played for me have graduated? Basketball is a sport, but there's a bigger game of life that's out there that what we've done and what we've been able to do here at LSU has allowed there to be so many success stories of whether our kids wanted to continue and play professionally or whether they wanted to go into their respective majors and get, go into their careers that they are, they are seeking. So it's so much bigger than the ball going in the hoop. And I don't know if you understand that. I don't know if people would truly understand that if you ain't played it. Yeah. Because as a player, like we didn't win every single game. Right. It was the journey. It was how we prepared. It was what we did during adversity. It was no man left behind. It was she's got dribble drive coming at her. Am I going to rotate over there and sacrifice my body and take a charge? Hmm. That's athletics. That's what being at an elite level, and that's how you win national championships and SEC championships, by being that type of person. And so that's what... I can honestly hang my hat on is that how we treat each other, how we respect each other, how we communicate with each other, the loyalty, the integrity that I coach with, you can't question that. And I, I you know, I'm the first one to say I want to win as many national championships as I can because I've been spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, but there's only going to be one crown yeah. out of over 300 schools and, the thing that I want us to also look at is the climate of women's basketball. I mean, there's so, there's so many X factors now that are coming into play that, you know, when you look at, when you mentioned the year that we didn't make the tournament, we were injured, you know, um, we've had injuries that have sidelined us and it's, it's, it's affected the outcome of our season, but wouldn't trade it for anything because these young ladies knew how to play, and we joke about it now. When, when they come back, we were like, yeah, remember we got down to eight players and we would come up with teams. We would call ourselves eight is enough. 
Yeah. You know, and then we got down to seven, and then we, we themed it, okay, seven heaven. You know, mm-hmm. like, and the kids, like, Teresa Plaisance was just back here yesterday, and we were just talking about stories and talking about what she accomplished and how well she's doing now. And um, that, those are the moments that they don't necessarily show up, you know, on Twitter or on in a newspaper article, but... Mm. That's why I coach. I coach for these kids, and I coach to make sure that they have a better life after they graduate from LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Well, let's uh, let's talk about your team a little bit. Um, okay. Last year, you won eleven games in the SEC, the most that uh, you guys have won since you've you've taken over there. Uh, you get the four seed uh, in the tournament in the SEC tournament. You go to the NCAA tournament and get bounced by a really good Central Michigan team. I mean, a really good Central Michigan team that ends up going to the Sweet 16. I wonder, you know, during the tournament, there's the celebration of Central and Buffalo and all these Cinderella's, but then we never really hear from the other side, right? And so I just wonder, um, after having such a successful season, you bow out and, and obviously earlier than you wanted to, does that... Does that ruin the whole season? Does that, you know, does that just, oh, man, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore because of that t- that one loss. I just wonder about the mentality from your end um, after suffering that loss. Well, here's 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 what plays out. So it's way, it gets, you know, and, and I, I, I like that we're having this discussion. I think this is, this is much needed. So, Blake, I appreciate you doing this. You know, I'm looking at the overall season and when you do scheduling and what have you, okay? Mm-hmm. So last year, we beat number 15 in the country, yep. okay? Yep. We beat number um, 10 in the country. We beat number 17 in the country. We beat number 14 in the country. And we can't get a nod in being ranked nationally. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So then you look at... All right, there's teams that put down top 15 teams, and they'll put down two of them, and they go into the polls. Okay, they go into the polls. Yeah. So that matters, and, I don't, and that's just me and my opinion. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel you. Yes. What, it, what, it, what it's worth, but just taking my coach's hat off, and I'm looking at a team that put down two. Um, and we're talking in early January, yep. and we don't reach the polls until the end of February. And mind you, we done beat top four top four top seventeen in the country and can't get a nod in the polls. So say say we get a nod in the polls early, and then we continue to win like we did, and we put two more teams down that were number ten and number seventeen. You're moving up in that poll, and there's some conversations about you hosting and potentially being one of the top 16 in the country. Because, again, we just beat 17, we beat number 10, we beat number 15, and we beat number 14. So there's conversations about LSU women's basketball. Should have been, hey, could they be considered one of the top 16 in the country? But there's no conversation surrounding that. So we go into the tournament, and what you really would love to do is host you really would love to be in that 1 through 16 where you're hosting at home. So, so I'm just painting that picture of how that could have played out. Yeah. We go to the tournament, and I am not lessening anything that Central Michigan has done because 
that's a heck of a ball club right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Central Michigan, veteran squad, uh, point guard just really coming into her own. Um, they they are one of the best basketball. They're one of the best um, basketball teams, as you said, um, in the tournament because they even beat Ohio State at their own at, at Ohio State. Yep. So it's you know that that was a that was one of the that was a tough that was going to be a tough draw no matter how you looked at it like that's a tough team to play I don't care who you are mm-hmm. um, I do think too that we fell short um, but we also I also had to manipulate my roster a little bit um, due to disciplinary action okay. and that part hurt us okay I mean my, my my true five my center that's been holding it down suspended and now we're moving Ayana Mitchell to the five raging Lewis who is all SEC defensive player moving to the four spot I'm starting a freshman point guard now this is late in the game you I have to do that I run a I I try to run a, 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 (laughs) a, a program built on principles and discipline and that and that's a hard call you ask any coach in America you know when you have to discipline your kids, what does that look like? And it, it shouldn't be any different. And I can't, I can't give that, that player, you know, a, a different disciplinary action. That I wouldn't give the rest, the other kids that maybe don't play as much. That's not, that's not how I operate. Yeah. And, um, and that's what happened. That's the, that, that you kind of recap the season, but that, that experience for that particular kid and our team, they understood what was at stake, and they know that adversity is going to hit. There's going to be things that go our way that don't go our way, but you still go in there and you compete and you put your best foot forward, and that's what we did. Yeah, um, I want to get back to what you touched on uh, at the beginning. I actually, uh, my first episode of this podcast was back uh, before the tournament started, and I had Jose Fernandez of USF on, and I know you you guys played them last year, so you're familiar. But uh, he kind of lamented the same thing you did about seeding and. You know, his thing was, hey, you know, we we lost four games and three of them were to UConn and we get a sixth seed. You know, what what gives? And I know part of his uh, rationale or, or, or what he thought about it was, you know, a lack of coverage overall. So there's a lack of for as far as like the polls go and the voters go. You know, they watch the teams in their area and then that's it. And so it's a lack of you, know, you just look at the scores and go, OK, yeah, whatever. We'll just plug these teams in. Uh, that's a team I know. That's a name I know. I'm just going to plug them in. Uh, would you agree with that, or would you attribute what would you attribute some of that to? Um, well, I, I think for for different um, programs that definitely can apply. Uh, our 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 uh, coverage is pretty impressive here with the SEC network and sure. our partnership with ESPN. Sure. And, um, I think the coverage is there. I think there's a you know, having played in this league, having coached, uh, it's a tough league to play in. It really is. And um, there's a lot of emphasis being put on what your non-conference schedule looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. And our non-conference schedule was strong enough um, where we did we did take a couple of losses there in our non-conference schedule against some really good teams. We were at South Florida at Northern Colorado, which was an NCAA team. Yep. We played number two Texas. Um, we lost to them. 
Um, so our non-conference schedule, we played some of the best teams. That we had three teams that we lost to that were three teams that were in the NCAA tournament and, and, and obviously did really well. So I, I think for the SEC is just gaining that respect of conference play because when you have, you know, seven teams, um, six, seven teams ranked in the top 25 going into preseason, that tells you how competitive your conference is. And um, the SEC is about as competitive as it gets. So I think the emphasis for us needs to be on the, the national respect of the SEC. Yeah. Um, I, 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 there's times when, and I hear, I hear Jose when he said he played UConn three times. There's times when I've had to play South Carolina three times, <laughs> yeah. you know, or I've had to play Mississippi State three times. I've got so he's got just one UConn. We got the Mississippi State, <laughs> Carolina. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. we got Tennessee. You know, it goes on and on. So I feel him. I feel you, Jose. <laughs> I do. Um, but I, but but I, I, I need you to feel us over here yeah. too. <laughs> yes, yes, and it keeps getting better, right? You got Georgia now that's stormed uh, to the top. Yes. It's, yeah, no, the league is. Is absolutely brutal. A and M is consistently there. Yeah. You got Tennessee, you got Georgia, you got um, uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri. Yeah, you know, um, it's 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 good though. I mean, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be any other conference. This yeah. is good. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love every night that it's a game. Uh, there, game yeah. on. No, yeah, no off nights in the SEC. Um, no. No. So your team, uh, coming back this year, you lose uh, Raging Lewis, who uh, admitted bias, my one of my favorite players to watch. Um, I, I loved watching her play. Uh, you lose Chloe Jackson as well, who, who transferred out as a graduate. And then um, those are the two big ones, right? They were uh, the reason a lot of you had a lot of your success. They um, yeah. were your, your main three-point shooters uh, in a team that, and you know that, you, you guys have struggled shooting threes. I know you're excited about some of the newcomers, uh, and we'll get to them in a sec, but I want to talk about your returners. Uh, you you mentioned Ayanna Mitchell earlier. Um, you got Afua coming back as well. Uh, what's the mm-hmm. development been of, of those two specifically during the offseason building towards the season? Well, I, I mean, we got our, we got our postgame coming back, yeah. and um, we're expecting uh, bigger, greater things from them and they're producing in practice. Statistically, they're doing what they need to do. Ayana Mitchell has ex- has extended her range. She's coming down in that trail three spot, very comfortable knocking that shot down for us. Her ability to defend, rebound, start the break, score, she's, she's our go-to. Um, Faustina Fuwa, another one who has given us a dominant post-presence um, not only with her scoring ability, but also defensively. Really locking down the paint for us is going to be key. So with those two, you know, I definitely, you know, you definitely can't say how do you uh, replace um, Chloe and Ray. There's no, you know, they've moved on yep. for their own respective reasons. But what you do rely on is the returning players to now let's get your numbers up. Let's get your percentages up. Um you know, we we made we made four threes a game. Our opponents made five. Um, they shot a hundred and fifty more threes than we did, which is you know equating to around um, if you you know if you if you look at 
statistically what we've been able to do, our percentage has got to get up. We put up, a, we've shot enough threes. Yeah. We just got to make more. Um, I don't like that percentage. I think that percentage has got to operate in the high 30s, 35, 36%. So we got to get that percentage up at least by 10%. Yep. And we've got players who shot the three who's got to get their percentages up. Jalen Richard Harris is one. Um, Kayla Porter is another one. Uh, Jalen Sherry um, has got to get her percentage up. But I'm also looking at the fact that we signed three new players, that all three of them can knock down the three. So we're adding three more three-point three point shooters. Ayana Mitchell, um, Raven Farley are extending their range as well. And, you know, just like yesterday, we had a, 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 a inter-squad scrimmage. And I'm looking at the stats and just wanting to see, you know, what, what, what our field goal percentage was looking like and wanting to see what our, what our um, three ball was looking like. And, you know, to be quite, quite honest, for us to be in that, that scrimmage, um, we, we, we ended in making, you know, four. We ran three quarters and we were already on target with four threes, that four threes. So we get a couple more in that second that last quarter, mm-hmm. and now we're at six or seven a game. So I'm seeing us making those threes, attempting those threes in practice, and I know that's going to equate to us doing that in the game. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about some of those newcomers? I know you went, you guys went a little JUCO heavy uh, as far as the newcomers go, and just um, a little bit about those that for people who don't know them. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at um, some of the uh, the rosters now of um, women's basketball and men's basketball. Let me just say that too. But we 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 signed three young ladies, um, Mercedes Brooks, who played at one of the best JUCO programs with Trinity Valley yep. Community College. Um, she's a seasoned player. Um, she will get two years with her. She's somebody that uh, can play the three and the four. She can play on the perimeter, and she can play in that trail spot for us. She's got range. She's got athleticism. Um, she's she's very uh, deceptive with her speed. So I really like Brooks and what she's going to be able to bring. Latoya Ashman uh, played at Florida Southwestern Community College. And this kid, the three ball comes off real easy for her. She's hunting for shots. She's physical in practice. And she gives us size. So you got a six-foot guard and another 5'10 guard. Yeah. And then we also added Carly, um, Carly Say, who played at Western Nebraska Community College. And she's a 5'8 junior college guard who um, is just a sophomore. We're going to have um, three years with her. Um, all of these kids, here's the thing. I, I want to make sure that, you know, junior college is not because you can't make it academically at the four-year institution. Um, all of these kids that we signed were qualifiers coming out of high school. Mm. And um, they've had a year um, or two underneath their belt. So they're coming to us with experience. Yep. Um, so I'm liking the fact that they know the pace. They know the, 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 the game's got to, you know, it's going to be physical. It's going to be fast. And it's not a shock like if you just had a true freshman on your roster. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're seeing that more nowadays too, especially um, on the women's side where even – for instance, you guys, hey, we love you coming out of high school, but you should really, you know, go get a year under your belt, get some more experience, and get so it's. I, I feel like, at least from where I'm, where I'm looking at it, the the JUCO 
uh, it used to be a negative condensation. It's that's starting to mm-hmm. it's starting to wear off a little bit because people realize how valuable it is for you know basketball and beyond. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as you guys go into the year, um, you know you guys picked low, uh, and you've mentioned before every year you guys seem to outdo what people expect you to do at the beginning of the season. Um, is that something? that you guys discuss with the team uh is it something you just pretend you know isn't there i'm just curious about what your guys mindset is with that kind of stuff well you know it's it's um it's a poll that comes out really early yeah it's a guess right we're all guessing yeah yeah right it is and it's a poll that that um it it it, you know when when you when you look at it from, you know, let's just, I know what it means when you come in as top four in the SEC, then you're probably going to get the national recognition. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's more what I'm looking at. Yeah, um, good point. And, and, or even top five. You're, you're probably going to get that national recognition. Um, I, I feel like our kids have showcased time and time again that they're one of the, the best teams in our league. And we've done that by – um, beating some of the best teams in our league. And we're going to continue to work on LSU, and we talk about this with our kids, control the controllables. I did mention to Faustine and Ayana before SEC Media Day, I said, look, you two. I said, now they've got us picked, you know, coming in at nine. But you guys make sure that you're, you're, you're not – saying anything <laughs> that can be used against us later. <laughs> so yes. just, and they were like, nine? I go, yeah. I said, but you know what? That's a step up. I think one year we've been 10, you know, and, and so we just laugh about it in that gesture um, because that's nowhere where we want to finish or where we're going to finish. Yeah. And, um, and they've shown that and proven that time and time again. So last year, I don't know, we may have been picked ninth, but there you go. We finished fourth in the SEC. Um, we were one game off of um, off of third, yeah. and um, we were able to um, have some great memories in the PMAC. You know, we only lost one game here at home, and that was to a pretty good team. You know, that Mississippi State Bulldogs. <laughs> they were okay. They were okay. They're okay. Um, they won a couple games, but last that year. was our one loss of the year in the PMAC. And so, I love the fact that we know how to win at home. Now let's let's win on the road. Sure. We got We got to take some of that mojo that we have at home, bottle it up, and take it on the road with us. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, uh, excluding the 2015-16 year, the the year uh, you guys missed the tournament and you came in 13th with all the injuries, uh, you guys have finished no worse than seventh. So fourth, sixth, sixth, fourth, seventh, fourth. So to to your point, you you guys are always right there uh, in the mix. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Thank um, you. Something I want to ask you. Uh, during the summer, fourth quarter Fridays. Please explain. Yeah. <laughs> please explain to me this. I know nothing. I come in blind. I just came in with fourth quarter Fridays. Please explain. Fourth quarter Friday started last year with our strength coach Chris White. Every Friday we would go over to football ops, and he would create a obstacle course where they're flipping tires and they're pulling sleds with weights, and it was sprints and conditioning and agility. And every fourth and every Friday. We would, we would call it, we was called Fourth Course Friday. So when we looked at our season, you know, a lot of times you're not blowing away, you know, you're not blowing teams away. You're winning that game in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. 
And we truly felt like that correlated in why we won a lot of games last year. And we won a lot of games in the fourth quarter. So this summer, he came up with the great idea of visiting. He and I went and visited with the Louisiana Police Department and the the gentleman's uh, the gentleman over there, the officers over there, said they would train our kids every Friday. Every Friday. So every Friday we would bus our kids out to their facility and I, let them have them. We'd sit over there, we'd just watch. We'd take it all in. And it was unbelievable. And the training was pool workout. It was in their um, – you, you, would, you would start outside and they would have to, you know – stand in line and it was cadence and it was everything was done with precision and then they would sprint to the pool with their gear on and they would jump in the pool have to do wall touches jump out get out run and it was unbelievable just to see our kids um trained that way mm-hmm. they at first they I, I think i was you know their worst enemy chris and i <laughs> like chris and i were their worst enemy like what are they got us doing and then as they started to buy into the training, they realized, like, this is really going to help us. Mm-hmm. They taught us how to not only train at that mental level, but also that it's about the team. It's about everybody pulling their weight. And it's the, 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 the message that the officers shared with our, with our young ladies was the same messaging that we do here with as an as a coach to your athlete or as a parent to your child, respecting um, each other, communication, all of these life lessons they were getting, they were they were honing them, they were honing in on them through the training. Um, I thought it was really cool. The last day, um, the cadets have a graduation run, and they allowed our players to run with them. We ran in the back of them, but yeah. they allowed our team Very to cool. run with the cadets on their graduation run. Now, the run, Blake, was three miles. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, some of your players are like, let us. No, that's okay. No, no, uh, yeah. no, no need for so, all that. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was good. It was such that's a great cool. experience, and yeah. those guys were unbelievable. They were unbelievable. But it also showed, you know, they didn't get paid for any of this. It was them taking their time yeah. and saying, hey, we're going to invest in these young ladies this summer for seven weeks. And um, obviously, I'm going to have them around. Uh, they're going to be guest coaches. They're, they're, now, now they're embedded. Yeah, and they're we're, in. We're family. Yeah. Like, we are family. So I'm like, hey, if I got a ticket, can I call you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, listen, we, we've all, we all go over the speed limit a little bit. So uh, it's not the worst place to have friends. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, last last question for you, uh, and I, I always like to do this with coaches, is just kind of to, to get out of the way and just say uh, for people who you know don't know your program or uh, just know it on paper and be like, oh, LSU, okay, they're, they're okay, whatever. What would you want to say to people about your program? What would you want to say uh, about what you know they can expect when they watch your team? What, whatever direction you want to take it, I just want to kind of give you an opportunity to speak on your team however you'd like to. Well, you, you know, you, you've got a team that in the off season, okay, my kids get up and my staff as well, all of us, we're up 6 a.m., four days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. 
and the kids are training hard, then they've got classes, they've got study hall, they've got tutoring, and they start over and they do it again, and they do it again. So that's for eight weeks. They then get a three weeks where they get to go home, visit with family, friends, or they even stay on campus. Then the young ladies come back towards the end of August when school starts, and then we start preseason workouts again, 6 a.m., four days a week. They're up, they're training. The sweat equity that these young ladies have invested, um, that they're invested. They want to be that team that you come and watch and you're like, oh, I love how hard they play. I love that they play with passion. I love that they play together. And I, and I think that's what athletics should be about is the work ethic, the, the, the teamwork, the intensity that you coach and play with, and then the sportsmanship. I think that's another part that you will recognize and see from our kids while all of them staying on track. Some are, some are on track to graduate early. Some will be starting, will be starting their master's program. So they're, they're maintaining this level of excellence, not only on the basketball court, but also in the classroom. And then our ability to get out in the community, we're heavily involved there. So I want our kids to always feel like, you know, we've got to give back. Um, but we're going to throw that – when that ball goes up, it's 40 minutes. You're going to see a team that's going to get after you defensively. We like turning our opponents over. I mean, last year we fought 20 yep. turnovers a game. Yep. We were ranked top nationally in steals. Um, our ability to, to, to transition and run the ball back at you, that was fun to watch. We're going to add more three balls. So you're going to see a very up-tempo style of play. And I love the fact that we're able to bring former players back so we've got Ashley Thomas, who's on our roster as our director of player personnel, who helped um, put those four banners, four of those banners, um, final four banners, in the rafters. So we have her on our staff. We also have Michaela Mabry, who's another upcoming young star who played at Notre Dame, who brings, you know, we got two kids that I added to my staff that have championship bloodline to mm -hmm. them. And, um, and then my assistant coaches, I got the best assistant coaches in the country. There's no question. They're going to work hard. There's not any kid that they're not going to go after. And um, we're going to keep put, plugging away to make LSU the best program in the country. No doubt about it. Awesome. Well, uh, uh, plenty of storied history uh, in your program's past and, and certainly seems to be a bright future. And Coach, I really appreciate your time and, and your, your energy and, and for sharing with us a little bit about you and, and your program. And, and wish you guys the best of luck this year. All right. Thank you, Blake. Anytime. Thanks again to LSU head coach Nikki Fargus for joining me today on the Jump Around. LSU will open their season November 6th at home against Sam Houston State. And look forward to seeing uh, a little bit of a new look with some, some new faces stepping up for them. Thank you for listening, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. And if you listen on iTunes, if you could leave a rating and a review, preferably good ones, I would appreciate that. You can follow me and interact with me on Twitter, as always, at Blake Dudonis. And we're getting close to the end of this SEC uh, wrap-up, preview, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, in fact, we will be starting another conference. Uh, the season's like two weeks away, but we're going to try to get through another conference. Already have interviews set up for that, so stay tuned for that. And just be looking out uh, on your listening devices for the next episode of The Jump Around. Until then, thank you for listening. As always, this is The Jump Around.